Hello and welcome to the Sam Knows Podcast. I'm Barry Collins. There's a lot going on inside your broadband router, perhaps more than you realise. That box in the corner isn't only ferrying data back and forth from your devices to the internet, it's keeping an eye on the health of your connection too. It's testing the real speed of your connection, measuring your connection's performance on services such as Netflix, Skype and WhatsApp, and checking how well it copes with online gaming. The reason tens of millions of routers are able to perform these high-level diagnostics is because of Sam Knows Software Agent. And today, the man who's led the team of software engineers who created that agent, Sam Crawford, is joining me in the studio to discuss exactly what the agent does, how it does it, and why you don't need to worry about your privacy being compromised. Uh, Sam, people familiar with Sam knows may know that you distribute white boxes that monitor the performance of people's broadband connections, but they might not know that you have software inside many routers. How long have you had this software agent in routers, Sam? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, we are we are certainly most well known for the for the white boxes that we distribute, primarily as part of our uh, government-backed measurement projects. But uh, but yes, we also um, embed our uh, router agent, effectively our measurement software, inside um, some ISPs, uh, home routers or home gateways, as they're often called, um, as well. We've been doing this for about. Uh, about six years now. Um, the, uh, I mean, the the origin of this was was one ISP we were working quite closely with here in the UK uh, came to us um, and said we're we're buying tens of thousands of the or we're distributing tens of thousands of these uh, of our existing routers to customers every week. And these devices are fundamentally small embedded Linux devices, and your white boxes are small embedded Linux devices. Why don't we just merge the two together and uh, and do a proof of concept of putting your software inside our routers? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's exactly what we did. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's evolved from there. But um, uh, yeah, when I mean, that ISP is still a customer of ours, and our software is in every one of their uh, routers around the uh, the UK. Uh, which is which numbers many millions. So, is effectively the software just a, a replacement for the white box? Do they do pretty much the same thing? So, the measurement wise, it's exactly the same software in the white boxes and in the routers. The um, the difference is uh, a couple of areas. One is cross traffic detection. So, with the white boxes, we effectively we sit in line with the users' home networks and we passively monitor Wi-Fi traffic to work out when it's safe to run measurements and when not to. In uh, in home routers, it's actually um, much easier. We don't need to passively monitor Wi-Fi or rely on the user to install a device in the correct way or have a We'll have clever approaches around using uh, UPnP for cross-traffic detection as well. When we're inside a home router, it is as simple as literally counting the bytes on a on a network interface mm-hmm. um, because we're already inside the device which has the internet connection. So we can just look at the internet connection interface and say how much traffic is passing through it, and it's as simple as that. And we're guaranteed to never miss any cross-traffic. Um, so in that sense, um, uh, that's that's one difference. I say the other difference is capabilities. So, um, you know, a router which is 
well, different routers from different ISPs will use different chips. They'll have different software on them, have different capabilities. Um, and uh, you know, a router which is 10 years old probably can't measure one gigabit per second. But a router which is one year old can probably re- measure a lot faster than one gigabit per second. Mm-hmm. So part of the um, part of our integration work that we do when we're working with these routers and these ISPs is basically benchmarking them in our lab um, under different conditions and seeing what is the, the maximum performance we can hit um, and sometimes this requires using um, hardware accelerators provided by the chipset vendors, like people like uh, Qualcomm and Broadcom, uh, and um, uh, sometimes it doesn't. So give us a sense of the kind of data that's being collected by the software agent. The uh, So the router agent... Um, uh, collects all of the same measurements that the white box does. So these are um, the active measurements like um, uh, speed or throughput over TCP, um, latency as measured over UDP, packet loss, jitter, um, our gaming measurements, video streaming measurements, social media, blah, blah, blah. All of those um, are what we call our active uh, measurements. Some of them are quality of service and some of them are quality of experience measurements. But the reason we say they're active measurements is because they are actively generating um, their own traffic, exchanging it with some third party. It might be one of our test servers or it might be, let's say, Netflix's caches, as we talked about on a previous podcast. Um, and then we're measuring the the response to that, um, to that stimulus. Um, so those are active measurements. Now, both with the white box and with the router agent, we also do, uh, we collect some environmental measurements. Although inside the uh, the router, it's actually, we can get a, we can get a bit more or we can get, um, we can get environmental measurements which are specific to the router, mm-hmm. the internals of the router. So things like um, the CPU utilization of the router, um, when the internet connection was last established or um, or lost. Um, so we can see the status of the DSL link. So we can see the DSL sync speed, for example. Um, if it has multiple WAN interfaces, we can see the status of these WAN interfaces. Um, we can see... Uh, we can see lots more. We don't. We don't collect um, uh, everything. Um, we're, we're very, very uh, privacy conscious. We don't want to collect too much information. We want to collect enough that um, helps us add context to the active measurements we uh, we gather. So, yeah, certainly information about the health of the uh, the router itself is uh, is quite useful to us. And explain why having a white box or the router agent is better for judging performance than simply relying on an internet speed test that you could visit in a browser. Oh, well, I mean, there's a, there's a, a million and one reasons for this. Um, but uh, yeah, a few of the, um, <laughs> I guess I'll give you the top, uh, the top few. Um, so, uh, so, so number one, um, uh, so regardless of whether it's in a white box or a router, we'll, we'll treat them as basically the same thing for the purposes of this question. Um, uh, the white box or the router are both connected via um, uh, a wired connection directly to your your internet connection, effectively. So there's nothing, uh, there's no in-home factors which are going to be causing um, problems for the measurements or creating ambiguities. So we're not we're not factoring in in-home Wi-Fi, for example. We're not factoring any uh, in-home power line connections that you have um, have running. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means when we when we say we're measuring your internet connection, we are purely measuring your internet connection we're not measuring your internet connection and your wi-fi as it extends to the end of the garden so if you run a web-based speed test on a laptop down the end of the garden then you're then you're measuring your 
your Wi-Fi connection and your internet connection. And as we've talked about on previous podcasts, the Wi-Fi connection can often be a um, uh, problem, particularly when, as you get to faster and faster connections. So yeah. I'd say that's that's the big one, um, but there's tons more. So for example, uh, both of the white box and the router agent, we can um, measure cross traffic. So this is background activity from other devices. And then we only run our scheduled measurements when there is no or very, very minimal level of cross-traffic. A web-based speed test can't do that. There's no there's no facility for it to be able to ask how busy the network is. It's just not possible. So with a web-based speed test, you've got the ambiguity of there might have been other background traffic from other devices on the network at the same time. You don't know whether it's true or false, but there might have been. With the white box and the router agent, we can categorically say there was not. Um, so it's good from a, a data purity perspective. Um, uh, uh, you've opened up a can of worms now here, Barry. Sorry, <laughs> but um, an, another one is uh, we are, our devices are homogenous. A white box in my house is the same as the white box in your house. It runs the same software, uh, same operating system, same version, same configuration, same everything. However, my laptop is not the same as your laptop. So if I'm running a web-based speed test on my laptop versus on your laptop, we might get very different results purely by virtue of the fact that I'm running Linux and my laptop's five years old, you might be running a MacBook Pro and it might be one year old. They could have completely different capabilities. So um, uh, that's another factor. Anyway, there's lots more, but uh, I think those are probably the um, the top three that um, jump to mind. Oh, and I guess one more to mention is that um, because our device is powered on, both the white box and the router agent, or, or the router agent, uh, it's powered on or designed to be powered on, left powered on 24-7, it means that we can... Um, run measurements 24 by 7, um, so throughout the day, throughout the night, and so on. Whereas a web-based speed test is a very self-selecting sample. People uh-huh. are only using it when they think they have a problem. Um, so you will probably bias towards slightly slightly worse results sometimes, and you will sometimes also bias towards slightly better results because people only use it when they've just had their broadband connection upgraded or installed. Um, but there's no, there's no scheduling aspect. So there's no 24 by 7 functionality. Um, and... Uh, even if you do run um, uh, scheduled measurements, you know, because you let's say install a desktop application, then if you turn your computer off, then obviously it can't run as well. Yeah. So, do broadband consumers even know this software is in their routers, and and is there any way for them to to be able to see the results of these tests that you're conducting? Traditionally, most of the ISPs we worked with have not made um, the measurements uh, that we embed inside the routers directly available to the um, to their customers. Um, uh, so I would say the majority of them probably don't know. And certainly, when when we speak to people in the in the UK, like for example, when we're interviewing new candidates um, to join the company, I'll often ask them what what broadband connection they have at home, what router they have. And um, and they'll often be uh, they're, not, they're they're always surprised to hear that oh actually we are already present inside your router. Um, uh, so if you phone up your ISP and complain about speed, one of the things they'll be checking is the measurements from your router that we're gathering. So uh, I would say most people are not aware. However, I think that is um, um, making that data the ISPs making that data available to the customers is changing. So. Um, some uh, some of our ISP customers now are using our um, uh, our real speed product, which basically lets you run a um, a two step uh, speed test: one from your device to the internet, and one from your router to the internet, just with a single click. Um, they're making that functionality available to their customers. So they're starting to expose to the customers that uh, measurements are embedded inside 
the um, inside the router. I don't think they're yet showing the customers the historical measurement results from it, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's a. Um, it's easy to see that that is the path, that is the direction things are heading in. You mentioned that this has been embedded in routers for you know six years or more now. You've been the guy who's uh, been overlooking this entire process. H- how has the software agent changed over that time? Um, well, it's it's got a lot more. Uh, well, quite a few things. It's got it's got a lot more robust. The first one, um, the first integration we did back in um, twenty fifteen or early twenty sixteen with uh, one UK ISP uh, wasn't really. It would be hard to describe it as a uh, as an agent because really it was a disparate collection of um, bits of software and um, held together with um, um, some some sticky tape, effectively. Um, uh, but things have moved on um, a lot since then. Uh, the whole process is automated now. We um, we can we we can do an integration in a very very short amount of time. And we frankly worked with most chipset vendors at this point, and most uh, probably most ma- most major manufacturers, um, both the retail ones and the the ODMs or the OEMs. Um, so people like Arcadian and Sagem. So not. Not consumer brands, but the people like the Arcadian, Sagems, Hytrons, um, Comscope, um, uh, they're the big manufacturers who are building your BT home hubs, your um, your Virgin Media hubs, and so on. But uh, and then Virgin and BT stick a um, stick their own software and put a put a label on it, and um, um, and and basically an advert- and market it as their own device. Mm-hmm. So we've worked with most of these people. So we've we've got a lot of familiarity with working with all of these different um, hardware manufacturers, the chipsets they use, and uh, um, and the weird little quirks that um, different ones have. Because often, frankly, a lot of these um, uh, these routers still run fairly old software stacks. It's definitely improved over the past couple of years, but but some of them are still running software stacks which are you know eight, nine, ten years old. Um, so it's um, uh, there's a lot of uh, fragmentation out there. Uh, we've encountered lots of quirks along the way, lots of performance problems, um, but we've been able to overcome pretty much all of them. So we've done integrations with um, hardware accelerators, uh, which basically means you can Lots of, so lots of these routers have have um, dedicated uh, packet processors alongside the main CPU, so that you can actually hit, let's say, one gigabit per second on your um, on your five year old or even even older uh, router right. uh, without going through the main processor. So um, nowadays, um, some chipset vendors like Broadcom let you actually uh, make use of that packet accelerator in order to do other things as well. So we can make use of that packet accelerator in order to be able to um, measure uh, speed in this case. And then we're working with some other chipset vendors who would do similar things as well. Um, so so yeah, there's, it's, it's definitely evolved both um, uh, from a, a robustness perspective. It's just matured and grown up and uh, we have proper processes around it as well now. Um, uh, but also technically, it's got a lot more. Um, we've we've dealt very well with the the fragmentation and the uh, and the performance challenges. And I think the last thing to add is we've obviously introduced a lot more functionality in mm-hmm. the early days of 2015, 2016. The focus was on speed, latency, and packet loss. Nowadays, our uh, the integrations we're doing include our um, well video streaming measurements, of course, gaming measurements, social media, video conferencing, and so on. It includes all of our quality of experience measures too. And I think we just want to be clear because you you mentioned it before, but when you say things like social media and video, you're not actually measuring what people are doing 
on those accounts. You're just measuring the performance of those services. Yes, um, it's, it's something we can't stress enough. Um, all of our measurements are active measurements, not passive measurements. And that means we are generating traffic. Our, our, our white box or the router is generating traffic itself, um, exchanging it with some third party like, I don't know, WhatsApp or Netflix or whoever. And then we're uh, measuring the response that comes back from them. So we're not looking at your Netflix traffic, for example, because mm-hmm. A, well, that, yeah, that, well, let's talk about it. So um, if, um, uh, if we did want to do that, um, and some people, some 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 companies do do that. Uh, they have um, uh, face, effectively a deep packet inspection, and they have uh, uh, signatures that they say, right, this is what Netflix traffic looks like. Anything, any traffic which matches this signature is Netflix traffic, and we'll measure it uh, like this. Um, there's a few. Um, so there's good. There's good things and bad things about this approach. Um, the good thing about it is that you can do it at scale, so you don't need to put um, measurement devices inside customers' homes to um, to pass measure things like Netflix performance mm-hmm. you can do it um, uh, you can do it at the uh, at the network level so you know in telephone exchanges or in hub sites or in points of presence or much deeper into the network you don't need to have it um, inside customers homes downside to it is um, I don't think it really represents customer experience um, for a start almost all of this traffic nowadays is encrypted so they can't see for example uh, what you're watching not that they necessarily want to but they can't see what you're watching and they also can't see what uh, resolution you're seeing and they certainly can't tell when your video is stalled they can they can infer when it might have stalled or might have had a problem by looking for numbers of TCP retransmissions what is the actual um, uh, throughput being achieved at this time versus what was expected but it's it relies on inference basically um, now uh, and also, frankly, if um, if you don't have a Netflix account, for example, Barry, then they can't um, uh, gather any Netflix measurement results from uh, from 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 you because you're not using it. Yeah. Um, so you can only measure what people are actually using. Now, with with our approach, with the active approach, um, we uh, because we are effectively our our Netflix client in this hypothetical scenario. It effectively has its own Netflix account. So even if um, a white box is installed in my home and I don't have a Netflix subscription, then um, our white box can uh, can connect to Netflix, um, stream some traffic, stream some content from Netflix, and measure the performance. Even whilst I'm asleep, not watching Netflix, and all of my computers are switched off. Um, and the same goes for uh, our social media measurements, like WhatsApp and um, uh, Snapchat and uh, Instagram and others, and our video conferencing measurements, like Google Meet and Zoom and so on. We are generating our own traffic and res- uh, and then measuring the response to that. Which sort of leads on to my next question, which is that the, the agent helps you spot things that might otherwise go undetected. Can, can you give us some examples of that, Sam? Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, um, of course, the, the main purpose of the router agent is to perform the active measurements we've been talking about. And on a, on a, a previous podcast, we talked about... Um, uh, Netflix performance as an example, and I think we picked on um, uh, one one ISP who had um, basically congestion at their Netflix cache uh, locations, and they would see fantastic um, 
speed test results to dedicated speed test servers. But um, when streaming content from Netflix, they would see abysmal um, performance below one megabit per second um, during peak hours, and that was due to a routing problem. Uh, one of their um, one of their sites. Uh, within their own network, which hosted um, uh, the Netflix caches, so mm-hmm. that's the main purpose of the um, of both the white box and the router agent to be able to identify um, uh, both internet connectivity issues and also application issues, and that one really fits more in the latter camp. However, there are some some interesting like second order effects we've um, uh, we've we've seen as well. So. Uh, as, as we talked about earlier, the router agent, by virtue of being embedded inside the router, has visibility of the um, of the environment that the router's in as well. So, um, one issue we saw uh, just recently was a, uh, a firmware update to um, uh, to one of these routers introduced um, uh, significantly higher CPU usage on the um, on the router, and that meant uh, a side effect of that is that. Um, some of our many of our measurements weren't running because our measurements only run when uh, just like we talked about with cross traffic we only we only run our measurements when there's a minimal level of cross traffic we mm-hmm. also um, avoid running our measurements if the cpu cpu in the router is too um, is too excessively uh, utilized so uh, we saw a reduction in measurement sample size uh, we investigated and we found that a, a recent firmware update to the router itself um, unrelated to our completely unrelated to our agents had um, had um, very significantly increased the CPU usage on the device. Um, uh, the manufacturer investigated and uh, was able to reduce, basically found a bug, found an issue, and uh, was able to reduce the CPU usage by 50%, which is which is huge. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, when you've got millions of those devices around the, um, uh, around the UK, and uh, this was an international device which is deployed across lots of other countries as well um that, that could add up um significantly in terms of um uh, power consumption as well just finally sam what features are you hoping to add to the software agent uh, coming forward uh, <laughs> there's uh, well lots more um i have a very long list we do have measurements which look uh, back inside the home um, nowadays. Um, we've, I think we talked about those very briefly on a previous podcast, um, uh, and that requires closer integration with the uh, the Wi-Fi drivers and um, uh, other stacks inside the device, uh, which basically allows us to collect information about the state of the in-home network uh, to be able to diagnose problems uh, Coming back to our earlier scenario with your your poor web-based speed test from your laptop down the end of the garden, we'd be able to identify that. Um, so that might be something which would uh, supplement uh, real speed to say, if you are seeing poor uh, performance from your device but good performance from your router, then we might be able to say, well, this is actually the cause and here's how you could correct it or maybe we can correct it for you potentially in the future. So um, in-home diagnostics is a um, is something we've already done with a couple of devices um, uh, and need to uh, want to broaden that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, um, there's lots more, frankly. Um, so uh, making our agent more dynamically um, configurable is a um, is, is an area of uh, focus at the moment. So we're introducing lots of new measurements um, all the time, both well, primarily in the quality of experience space, but frankly, firmware rollouts um, 
by ISPs can take quite a long time. Um, and they're dependent on so many other things as well that, that delays are really commonplace. So um, one thing we're looking at is making our um, measurements uh, deployable at runtime without deploying uh, binary executable code over the air because that's a big security no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I can't go into too much detail on that at the moment, but that's um, that's an area of um, uh, current work. That's it for this edition of the Sam Knows Podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out the full article on the website and we'll see you next time.